Before we start this episode, I want to give a big shout out to Zipster, local web people who help entrepreneurs and artists make kick-ass websites and get found online. Visit Zipster.com to find out more information. And on to the episode. The Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. This is Brittany Jarreau, and you're listening to Free Pizza. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives, and today we have the amazing Alexander Rivera in here. What's up, Alexander? How's it going? It's going well. I'm so happy to be in your presence. It's been, God, we worked on that music video 2020? 2021? 2021? Yeah, Benny Akato? Like a year, year yeah. and a half, maybe? Yeah, something like that at yeah. Griffin Hart Studio. Shout out to Griffin Hart. You know what I'm saying? Hart Davis. Griffin Hart Davis. <laughs> Shout out to Griff. Shout out to Griff. Um, we did a music video um, for Benny Okada. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met there, and I thought you were freaking awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So fun to work with, and you're insanely talented. I looked through your site the past couple of days. I was just blown away. <laughs> Working for Apple, um, Luke Combs, Reebok, IBM, just so many short films mm-hmm. and all that. So I don't see how you, I don't, I don't see how you stay so sane, but. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Exactly. And you were just in Arizona for a little bit working on something too. So mm-hmm. I caught you on your on your little mm-hmm. uh, relaxation, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So we're here. But yes, yeah, so you're a cinematographer and DP. Mm-hmm. Um, you explained to me what that meant a couple minutes ago, yep. <laughs> which I'm happy you did because I had no clue yep. <laughs> that they were different or the same, whatever. So um, let's get into it, man. How you doing? Let's do it. I'm doing well. Yeah, you live in life. It's a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. In Charlotte. In Charlotte. It's great. I drove out just for Alexander. Oh, so special. So special. <laughs> but yeah, so let's, let's start this off because you didn't, it blows my mind you didn't go to school for this, which I know that's not like, you know, it's, it's not uncommon. Yeah. But with the level you work at, I've definitely thought that you went to some kind of college. So let's start for where you are from yeah. and then so go from there. I came from like the traditional nerd kid background yeah i was always like a big like very voracious reader like i came up just like reading and like watching movies love stories never thought that was like a real like job like i was like you know people don't get paid for that of course so my parents really wanted me to like be you know an engineer you know like a very respectable position and so i went to like space camp like all of that like very very nerdy kid <laughs> So then, uh, some point in like <laughs> high school, I was like, man, I really don't like calculus and I Fair. really don't enjoy doing math all the time. And, and I <laughs> went to engineering camp and was like, man, all you have to do is math. Looking for a way to reduce your carbon footprint and make a positive impact on the environment? Look no further than Lightfoot Company. Our refillery and sustainable home goods store in Savannah, Georgia is dedicated to helping you reduce your use of plastic and single-use products. 
from reusable water bottles and bags to bulk eco-friendly cleaning products and personal care items, we have everything you need to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Plus, our friendly staff and knowledgeable staff is always available to help you make informed choices and find products that are right for you. So why wait? Visit Lightfoot Company today and start making a difference. This is Haley Motzinger, and you're listening to Free Pizza. So went and did all these like engineering things and was like, man, I really hate math. So then I was like taking uh, CTE classes and I was like, I started taking architecture classes and I was like, wow, so much more interesting to draw, to like do like cool artistic things. And that was kind of like the beginning of like enjoying being an artist. The interesting thing too is like nobody in my family is an artist. Okay. I was wondering that. I have no background for being an artist. Like my mom is a teacher. My dad's a CPA. So he's an accountant. So nobody really makes money doing art and like obviously my mom you know an incredible teacher and like influence in my life and so like always inspired me to like be creative and like see that side of things but i just like hadn't put the dots together and like you can make money doing this yeah of course so then it was very interesting i there's i had to take a a a, there's a art portfolio that you had to submit to to go to architecture school okay and i'd never taken any art classes so I was like, I'm going to take an art class. I took a painting class and I was awful at it. <laughs> I was like, literally could not get, I could draft plans for houses and things. And I did that, but I could not draw like anything. No. Like didn't matter what the subject was. I was awful at it. So that had me thinking and I was like, man, I really, maybe architecture is not it. Cause yeah. I just suck at art. Can't make art in that way. And so I was like, you know, narrowly kind of approaching the deadline of applying to college and was like, man, I really have no idea what I want to do. So then literally senior year of high school, just applying all these schools is, is undecided. I thought I wanted to, I knew that I wanted to travel. Of course. That was like a huge part of, I was like, I love traveling, but I want to keep traveling for work. And I, I really enjoyed like talking to people and doing all that. And like my dad was an accountant and I enjoyed like math in that way. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to go to school for international business. Oh, wow. So I was applying to like international business or like undecided programs, applying to like a bunch of schools. I was kind of just like wide net. I'll figure it out. Yeah. So then literally I was a competitive swimmer for like seven years. Oh, wow. Okay. Really long time. And that was like a huge influence on my life in terms of like, kind of like, uh, having structure and like dedication and like applying yourself like that was that taught me all of that but yeah. so I tore my shoulder swimming my senior year Ooh. and was like cool I'm not gonna swim in college totally fine with it like ready to move on to the next step but like woke up one morning and my dad was like well what do you want for your birthday and out of the blue I was like I want a camera still have no like what just, like woke up and was like I want a camera okay so then got that camera while I was had just finished having surgery so i literally had like an arm in a sling and i was like shooting a camera with one arm (laughs) and i was watching youtube videos and so before the the surgery i went and bought two books at a used bookstore in raleigh and was like i'm gonna read these books and they were like basic early 90s photography books Mm -hmm. like exposure triangle all this stuff so i was like literally had an arm in a sling i was like reading these books and watching (laughs) youtube videos and, like, the second I got this thing off, I was, like, shooting every day. Oh, man. So I managed to, like, go through, like, three cameras in, like, six months. Ended up with, like, a 6D. It was, like, one of my first cameras, oh, really. Oh, really? The 6D. Yeah. That's awesome. OG. Dude, Canon 6D. Camera Mark still one. rules, honestly. Dude, yeah. that's a great camera. Yep. Full frame is, like, 24 megs? Come yep. on. Absolutely. Um, so I got that. And then I was shooting time lapses. I had, like... Okay. I So I, I 
through during this time, graduated high school, went to Appalachian State, still was like in as a business major. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do business. And then, you know, long story short, I changed my major like four times, <laughs> which we'll get into in a second. But yes. I was doing time lapses because I was like, man, I, I've always had like a big connection with the mountains. And I was like, man, it's amazing. I live here now. And so I would go out and shoot time lapses. Through that, I got seen by the Alpine State football department, which used to make motivational like highlight videos for the football team. Yeah. And they were very good at it. Wow. So I went, did that, met those guys, was like, yeah, I want to do what you guys do. And then that was like the basis of everything I learned. So I had a mentor, Aaron Connor, that brought me into the program. I started as like an editor, I was doing like editing and time lapses, then eventually started shooting and then oh my God. kind of like moved through that. And then... Eventually it came out of that and there's a kind of like my, I think it was my junior, senior year. There's a production company called TA Films, which is all Appalachian State graduates and they do all sports videos. Yeah. So you're like ESPN, like 30 for 30s, E60s, like big projects. Oh, wow. So I started freelancing for them and that was kind of my intro into like the more, you know, like serious side of like video production that wasn't just like a couple friends making football videos that yeah. hundreds of thousand people saw which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So through that, I kind of, that was kind of like, I started working on sets and I was like, I was already pretty dead set on like doing video, but my main thing always for why I do video is that I want to be with my friends and like, I'm an only child. And oh, so like I, yep. the one thing I hated about photography was that I was always alone by yourself. Yeah. And so I was like, like I tell people all the time, like, Oh, why'd you do video? And I'm like, cause I get to hang out with all my friends. <laughs> And there's like 10, <laughs> 10, 20, 30, 40 people that are like hanging out with me. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do this alone. I'm going to hang out with everyone. Like, this is fun. So I did all that. I changed my major a couple times. I was like a political science major for a while. I was a marketing major. And then so basically went through a situation my senior, going into my senior year where the business school was like, it had like a weird policy. I don't know if they still have, but they had no wait list. Mm-hmm. So it's like if your classes were maxed out, there's no wait list yeah. to get into the class. So I basically didn't have enough credit hours, so oh. I couldn't register early enough. So when the window opened for my registration, I couldn't get into any of the classes I needed to oh, take. Oh, no. And they're like, yeah, just take a semester off. And I was like, what kind of an answer is that? What? Your yeah, advisor? Li- literally, they were like, the business department was like, we can't help you out. And I was like freaking out. So through like a stroke of luck, a lot of very helpful people in my life. I was doing videos for the College of Admissions, and through that, this wonderful woman that was like kind of like a head like counselor up in like the admissions department, not admissions, but like the counseling service, all this. I was friends with her, and so I like went to her office, and I used to do videos for them. So I was mm-hmm. like, we're friends, like she'd probably help me out. Yeah. So I went to her office, and I was freaking out. I was like, I, I don't want to take a semester off. Like I'm so done with school. I really just want to graduate. And she like sat down for like four hours and like reorganized my entire life. And she was like, what we're gonna do is we're gonna change your major. She's like, if you change your major now, I think you can still do it. Do you no wanna change your major way. or anything? And I was like, she was like, what if you do photography? Like, let's just change your major. And I was like, okay, I don't wanna do photography. Cause I was like, my whole thing in college was that like, towards the end, I was like, I know I'm not gonna do anything with my degree yeah. necessarily. So I was like, I wanna get something that isn't what I'm already doing. Like yeah. I want it to be something that I can like learn. So through this, when I was a marketing major, I took, uh, like a little one week internship program with an ad agency. And I remember meeting a girl that was an advertising major in Appalachian. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a major. Weirdly sitting down talking to this woman and I was like advertising. And she's like, we can do that. I'm friends with the Dean. Mm -hmm. Calls the Dean, pulls some strings, gets me like into all my classes. I took summer classes, 
one full year, 18 hour semesters, and another section of summer classes graduated on time. No way. With creative ad degree. <laughs> Best degree I could have ever graduated with is weirdly insanely helpful. But in say, job. yeah, I mean yeah. it's great. Like I spend a lot of time talking to like, you know, people that are in advertising or agency people on set, and it's I always feel like I have a lot more grace and understanding for them than other creatives and and DPs and directors because they're always like, oh, it's just frustrated. Like the agency's hard. They always want things that we can't necessarily give, and they're always like throwing curveballs and like. I, from all my friends still working in ad agencies and like me interning at ad agencies and like understanding that world, sometimes I'm like, oh, I, it's frustrating at times, but I totally get where you're coming from. And I get what you're saying that. Cause that makes sense for your like end goal of like this campaign, which Absolutely. like when we're thinking about crafting an image, you're not thinking about the end goal of the campaign, but they're thinking only about that two second shot yep. that is, they're like, we're going to have to put that as the end card. And that's literally like yep. the hundred thousand dollars we're spending on shooting this commercial. It's all because of that one, two second shot. Yo. And that's where their mind's at. Yeah. So that was wildly helpful, but I graduated with a creative ad degree. Then I basically interned for a year doing just sports stuff and was like, yeah, I primarily, you know, just want to get experience, be behind a camera. I was like, nobody else is handing a 22 year old a $200,000 camera. <laughs> camera. I was like, you're handing it to me. So I'll keep just like, it. thank you. And then eventually I was like, man, I, I, I personally am not a sports guy. So I was like, I just don't like sports and no, I'm, I'm kind of shooting things that are, to me are not interesting because right. I don't like sports. And I was like, someone's got to be shooting all these commercials I like watching. So I wanted to start doing commercials. Yeah. So then I just, you know, cold emailed, cold called, Instagram DM'd, got coffees, whatever, met people. And then through that, ended up kind of moving. I'd moved, I moved home to Raleigh, wrote out COVID in Raleigh, had a moment where I was moving to New York right before COVID. Then COVID hit and I was like, cool, I'm not moving to New York. Same. Yeah. Yep. It's it a very interesting time <laughs> in my yes, life. I literally the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I had an apartment in New York and everything. Had you had an get, apartment? I had an apartment, everything paid for, signed, lease, everything was mine. And then I was supposed <gasps> to move in like last week of February. Yeah. 2020. Oh, that's when it went down. Went down. Yep. I was like, cool, I'm not moving to New York. Stayed home, figured things out, and then met more people during COVID and then moved to Charlotte. And then that's, you know, been home for the last year and a half, close to two years now. That's right. You were living in Raleigh when we did that music video, I think. I think I was like on, I had either, I think I just moved to Charlotte. Okay. Okay. You just, okay. Maybe. Okay. Okay. It was around that time. Maybe Cause I remember moved. like, I, I think I remember like driving from Raleigh to shoot in Greensboro to and Atlanta? then I like, no. And then I drove home here. Okay. I think I had like just been, cause my move here was really fast too. Like right. I literally like moved here. I was like, I'm moving to Charlotte and then like four days later signed a lease. And then like two days later I moved in. Yeah. It yeah. was like a one week thing. Like I was like, I'm going to live in Charlotte. And like next week I was like living in Charlotte. <laughs> hey, you can make it happen if you want to. It really can be that oh, quick. Yeah. It can be quick. Yeah. Oh my Absolutely. God. That's amazing. And that's that... like the quick resume, I guess, of my life up wow. until this point. Yeah. That is, that's insane. And definitely going to go back a little bit. Cause I want to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause obviously the, for that Benny issue with Griffin Hart Davis, I'm, that was definitely, you were probably willing to this craft before yeah. know, I met you then. So yeah, yeah. I want to back up and talk about like, I guess when you moved to Charlotte, no, even before that, when you were still in Raleigh, were you doing any kind of cinematography there? Yeah, I've like never not done it. Okay, you've kind been of doing like it since everywhere. college. I've never never had a real job. Yeah, I've only freelanced. <laughs> never had a right. That's I've awesome. Never had a real job. Only what? ever freelanced. Oh my gosh! Since college, yeah, I started freelancing junior senior year, 
senior year got really into freelancing it was like taking jobs in charlotte driving like down from boone to take a job here and then drive back i was traveling for sports stuff and then my first year out of college i traveled a lot and did a lot of sports stuff a lot of freelancing and then i've never really not dp'd i've done a lot of other positions on set like i worked in gne for a while and like did lighting stuff but i've always like been dping on the side like even if it wasn't what i was doing primarily it was always being done and then now I just kind of like overtook it to where it's like, oh, now I like, you know, for the last so guess, three years, it's like just DP. Just straight DP. Yeah. And what was your first gig that wasn't sports? Oh, if you, if you can remember. remember. Okay. No, I don't even remember. Or, or, or the first bigger job that you've done that you were like really hyped on. Dude, there's so many because yeah. it's like that moving goalpost. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you like do a job and you're like, this is my biggest job. Oh, okay. And then two That's weeks true. later, you're like, this is my biggest Guys, job. This is my biggest job. And I feel like I've, I've done that a lot in my career. Yeah. So like, I would say something from this year, but I'm sure I've shot things. I know I've shot things oh. prior to this year that I was like you, stoked on Yeah. at the time. I think this year has been the biggest year for me because it's been the biggest brands, Yeah. which is like awful but it does provide like some sort of like reassurance as an artist and then you're like oh this like really multi-billion dollar company through their agency or whatever like i remember when i shot my project for apple yes and i got hired they were like yeah we've like been watching like it was like in-house production it was like production company but a lot of in-house apple people it was like in-house apple director and they were like oh well like you know before we like weeks ago We've been like watching your reel around the office and stuff, and I'm like, that's wild to me. Holy man! And then you were like, even after all of that, you were like, yeah, we'll hire you. Like I'm like, that's crazy to me. And it provides like you're like, I'm sure that's happened with like not big brands, and it's probably just as flattering, but it feels different when you're like, oh, it's like a big company that's putting a lot of money into this. Absolutely. And you're like, oh, this makes me feel like I have reached another level as like a creative, but. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, there's been so many good projects over the years. Yeah, like, yeah. even stuff that I'm like, now I'm like, I would do that so differently. Of I'm course. like, that was still, like, an amazing project. And, wow. like, everyone had fun. And, yeah. like, we enjoyed ourselves, which, I mean, sometimes is more important than the project, I think. Oh, like you said earlier, you like to crack out with people on set and yeah. be loose and not be so serious. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, things get a little too heavy. And I think you make your best art when you're having fun. Absolutely. And, I mean, I stand by I, I'm lucky enough that all my friends are incredibly talented yeah. in, in turn with being my friends, but I'll always take hiring my friends and surrounding oh. myself with people I like Dude, I can't over imagine. just like being like, oh, this person's great. It's like, yeah, I don't know that person though. I know this person. I know this person. We work like well together. Them. Yeah, we work well together. We yeah. have the shorthand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's always, yeah. I mean, the, the chemistry, especially when you're working with that many people, I mean, you're working with like, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 people. It's like the more people that know you and can like be on your side, that's what you want. Yeah. Cause I mean, even this year I did a big commercial this year is like kind of my, at the time, biggest commercial crew wise. And it was like the biggest commercial in terms of like the, the type of people that were on it. Like it was a lot of older people that like are established in their positions. Oh, like vets in the game. Like vets in the game. Yeah. And so nobody knew who I was. And there's like a very funny story about when I get there, I only knew my AC. He's the only person that knew who I was and who I... I was like friends with him. Yeah. But I had literally... My friend was supposed to do the job. He got COVID. So I got hired like 18 hours before the job. You were available? I was available. They called me. I missed... I went on a walk 
left my phone for like four hours, came back, had like 10 missed calls. I was like, okay, call my friend back. He's like, dude, I'm trying to get you a job tomorrow. Are you free? And I was like, I'm free. I'll do it. And he's like, somehow in the last four hours, it's still available. Let me put your name in. Never talk to my friend again. The next call I get is from the producer. They're like, hey, we heard you're available. This is the rate. Are you down tomorrow, 9 a.m.? I was like, yeah, that's cool. This was like five o'clock. You gotta be kidding me. I was me. like, yeah, I'll do the job. So then, uh, I like the next call I have is like nine o'clock. The director calls me and he's like, I'm flying back from another job right now. I'm about to get on a plane. I got 10 minutes. I'm gonna give you a run through. Emailed me like a couple PDFs with some boards and some references and was like, I'll see you at 9 a.m. Showed up 9 a.m. Nobody knew who I was. I was like, I'd only been in Charlotte at this point for like, you know, I don't know, six months or yeah, so. Not like long. really not long. A lot of people didn't know who I was, especially in this crowd. Literally got breakfast from catering, did like a whole lap around set and nobody knew who I was. Like, and I was like just guy? looking for like, I was like, I just need someone to talk to me so yeah. I can like get things going. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, didn't happen. And I'm like a pretty shy individual. Like generally I'm like, not. really? Yeah. I'm pretty shy. Like, especially around people I don't know. Yeah, that's if fair. I know you and I'm close with you, I'm very like loud and yeah. outspoken. But if, for new people, I'm very shy. That's fair. Especially like social interaction. Terrible at social interaction. <laughs> like initially, initially I'm yeah. like very like, oh God, don't look at me. Yeah. So I loop back around. I go back to the camera truck. I like sit on the lift gate with my AC and I'm like, dude, nobody here knows who I am. Like. And he's like, dude, just go back. And like, he's like, just talk to someone. And I was like, okay. He's like hyping me up. I'm like, all right, all right this is what you're here for. I got this. Other than doing your job, you're, you're here to hype me up. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I go do another lap around set. The first AD recognizes me. He's like, hey, I did a job with you a couple months ago. And no. I was like, yeah. So I'd done a job with him like as like, I was like best boying on something. Like not as a DP. Yeah. He talks to me and then he takes me around, introduces me to everyone. But all that is to say, the, the moral of the story is that, like, the day, the first day was great, but I could tell that, like, everyone was trying to figure me out. Of course. Because I'm very, like, easygoing, especially for a DP, and I'm very, like, whatever works, I will take and will make it look good, and, like, I don't, I don't ever want to be the guy that's, like, yelling at everyone because he wants this, like, one specific light. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if my gaffer tells me there's a better light available that he's got and he wants to use it, I'm going to trust him. Yeah, cool, get it. But most people are not like that. Like, most DPs can get really anal about, like, I want this. And, I, and they, they, like, we have that that reputation. And I'm so opposite to that that a lot of people, it's like, they're, like, kind of figuring things out. Because I'm like, I'm easy. And they're like, are you, though? And I'm like, no, I am. No, like, for real. But, like, day one, everyone was trying to figure him out. And I just remember how much smoother day two went. Because everyone was like, oh, I know you. And, like, yesterday was so good. And, like, we can kind of go. And that's the benefit of, like, having people that you know. Yeah. It's like once you do that, after that second day, after that third day, after that 15th day, you're like, these are, like, they got me. Yeah. And, like, you get to a point, like, especially, like, with, you know, my AC and my gaffer, who are the two I work with the most. Like, you know, my AC is, like, already, she's, like, 10 steps you know, he or she's like 10 steps ahead. Yeah. They've already got things where I want them. I'm just showing up. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I was going to do. Thanks so much for doing it. Sweet. Same thing with the gaffer. He's like, he or she's like, I know what the lights that you like are. I already have three prepped on the truck. Like you just say the word and I'll have them there. And like, you're a top light guy. So I already built a menace arm for you. And like, they are just so far ahead for you that like it makes it so insanely efficient. You know, you're like doing these jobs back to back and you're like, especially sometimes for me, it's like, I'm doing so many jobs back to back. I don't get the time to do an amazing job communicating with them sometimes. Right. Like I would love to say that I can, I, I call everyone before every job 
and I have like you know a 30 minute phone call with them about what lights I want to use or I talk to my AC about what lenses I'm going to use but like that's not sometimes the case like <clears throat> sometimes I'm flying back from another job and going to the next job straight there yeah and I'm straight there and I'm like showing up to prep you know talking to the AC and you know AC is like what are we shooting and I'm like well this is the vibe this is what we're going to do and they're like okay cool and it's so much easier like when you know that person and they're like oh I trust you like you're going to figure it out and like I don't have any information but like that's okay wow um but yeah i mean having that shorthand and like having the crew that you can work well with is is much better than than always getting like whoever that you know quote unquote like best person in town is because yeah maybe you don't get along with that best person they're not gonna do their best work yeah yeah you know? absolutely yeah my thing is with the director we kind of sparked this when the director mentioned to rate on to you on the phone right quick where'd you learn the business side of the business was that just through trial and error? Or? Uh, trial and error and great friendships. Okay. I think it's it's insanely beneficial. I mean, I've had friends throughout my entire career push me mm. to to bill for more money, to not take, you know, low rates. And, and, you know, if I bring the monitor, bill for the monitor. Even if you didn't talk about it, if you brought it, you're going to bill for it. Oh, shit. Okay. And, like, having friends that will push you, especially, like, you know, I have a couple friends that are DPs in town that, like, very honest conversations like oh i saw you did that job how much money did you make oh shit oh cool like did you bill for this because i didn't bill for that and like having those kinds of conversations oh. like open conversations where you're like oh cool i'm like leaving and i know more about what other people are doing is huge yeah even like you know i have friends that have just you know that aren't even dps like friends that are acs that they've just been doing it longer and yeah. they're like no, no no like you know I'll, I'll mention something and they're like no, no that's not how we do it like we're gonna do it this way and i'm like oh cool that is how we're gonna do it and I think, too, the, the best thing about the Charlotte film scene is, like, we kind of have that, like, camaraderie to where, like, all the rates stay high and everyone works together and people don't take bad jobs because everyone talks a lot. Yeah. And I think that's something that you don't see in small markets a lot. Like, you I see agree. a lot of small markets that are just ravaged by people coming in and charging the low low-balling prices on stuff yeah. or, like, using crappy stuff and, like, crappy equipment. And, like, Charlotte doesn't have that at all. And that's literally a testament to just people talking and, like, communicating openly and being, like... Hey, someone is hiring for this job, but they don't want to pay the right rates. So let's nobody take it. Oh, wow. In, okay. In three days, miraculously, they'll find more money and everyone will make more money. People always find more money. People always find more it's money. It's funny how that works. It's funny, man. Even like, I've been in situations like I, I did a job with, you know, a friend of mine who's my go-to AC and she'll ask for things and get no's and then I'll ask for things and miraculously the money shows up. Just purely because I'm the DP and I'm like, I need this. And they're like, cool, we'll find a way to make it happen. And I'm like, yeah, but it's the same need. It's the same that was need needed to be addressed. You, you know, but you're like, oh, I don't know if we can do that. But like suddenly I come in and they're like, oh, well, you're you're in a position where we're going to say yes to you. And it's very, I find that dichotomy mm. of positions so interesting. Just I feel like directors and DPs, you know. And, and in good ways, too. I think I've used that in some positive ways to affect change, to be like, you know, hey, you want to hire for this position, and you're asking me to recommend someone. That's not enough money. Yeah. And I can't recommend someone because that's not enough money. Oh, wow. You got to pay more money. If yeah. you pay more money, I'll find you someone. I can find somebody. And they're like, okay, we'll find more money. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you're in a position of, like, leadership like that, that you can affect change, you can get away with it. And people won't judge you for it. Cause they're like, oh, well, you're you're kind of the boss, so like, I'll make it happen. But you know, you get someone else that's on crew and they're complaining about it, and they're like, oh, they're just complaining. You know, it's never enough for them. Right. You're like, no, it's the same thing. But you know, it's just because I'm saying it, you're taking it differently. <laughs> and I think it's a good thing. I think, I mean, it's like I talk about all the time. Getting my friends hired 
and being able to like you know pay back favors in terms of just like man you helped me out on that short film for free and i can hire you for a week on a commercial now i love that that's like one of my favorite parts of the oh, business that's dope it's like being able to take care of people that have taken care of you is is amazing it's a great feeling absolutely yeah do you do you find have you ever worked for like free or just for a favor oh, yeah. before okay yeah. i think that's the name of the game for dps it true oh, okay for, 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 uh, yeah i mean i think for Sometimes. for crew is a little bit less like you're working for free if you want to work for free yeah. but like you don't need to work for free yeah i think for dps you have to work for free like if you're trying to get in with <laughs> at the beginning with director i think all the time i oh, mean okay. you, you hear about dps that are doing like you know sundance features that they're like oh well you know i shot this for you know 10 grand and I worked on it for, you know, two months Forever. or whatever. And you're like, man, you definitely were making, like, pennies on the day. Yeah. It was just like, dude, I had to do something. Right. And it's know? like, you know, you want to make art. You want to be creative. I mean, I bring, I, you know, I bring my camera for free sometimes. It's like, oh, you want to shoot a short film and you don't have a ton of money? It's like, okay. Fuck it. I'll do it. I'll bring my camera. You yeah. know, it's like, if it's something that I find that's going to be worth it, then why wouldn't I help myself by bringing gear that I want to use? Yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's, you know, I'm at a place now where I shoot a lot of short films every year. And that's mm. like, you know, obviously being someone that I want to be a feature DP, I think it's, it's massively beneficial to shoot shorts and kind of like, you know, you're, you're looking at a feature and you're like, man, that's, you know, that's, you know, I don't know, hundred pages, 80 pages or whatever. And you're like, that's a lot. That's you know? a lot. That's a, short, a long, a short, you can experience what that's like, but do 10 pages, do 15 pages. Yeah. And so you can kind of like, you know, take it in little spoonfuls and learn. And that's what I've done. And you get to a point where you're working with crew, you know, like most of my commercial crew also does shorts with me. Really? And so they're like, hey, we know we're going to go do, you know, two days on the short film for you. And you're going to pay us in food. And I'm going to have a really fun time. And we're going to work short days because it's you. And, and I refuse to do long days on shorts. And then I'm going to go do a week on a commercial with you and you'll pay me back. and It'll be great. And I think that's kind of oh, wow. a lot of ways that I work with directors too. It's like, I'll go do your short film, you know, and you can't pay me. But then when you get a commercial, you should hire me, you know? See, I love you. Yeah. That's how I work. That's, that's how literally, it should be. That's I how it should be. rarely do I say no. Right. Depending on budget, I ask the budget to know where you are. Sure. But using like, okay, this will come full circle. Some, I don't know how it will now, yeah. but it'll, it's going to make sense later. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as long as you're working for, for good people that that you believe in and you trust, that they'll look out for you, they always will. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's the thing, too, is, like, when you hire other friends, you're going to have fun anyways. Exactly. Like, most of the short films I do, I have, like, a blast on. Yeah. I don't really feel like I'm working. I mean, like, I've done, you know, I've done a couple, you know, that I'm like, man, that felt like work. But I've done a couple, too. I mean, like, one of the biggest ones I did this year, I mean, was... was two of the people I work with the most that was my first jobs with them and it's like the best relationships I've ever had come out of that job I love that and it's also the job that we talk about the most we always are joking about that job and like oh you remember when we did that one thing on that one short film yeah and you're like yeah we were all there for like pennies on the dollar for like four days <laughs> but like nothing yeah I remember like my gaffer ended up giving up his rate to someone else so he could hire one more person because he was like I don't really want to I had like two people and he oh. was like I really want to do three people. And I was like, well, I don't have any more money. He's like, I'll just give him my rate. Just take it. You know? And then, like, you know, my AC brought things for free. Uh, we ended up getting, like, so many, like... I mean, my gaffer, you know, TJ, saved my ass and brought, like, so many lights for free. And, like, so many, yeah. like, things that we ended up, like, using. 
And like, you know, that's one of those things where it's just like, you know, when you're working with your friends, it doesn't really feel like work. Work. Yeah. You're chilling out. You're just, you're just relaxing. You're like, oh, it's cool. We can. And I remember we tried things. We were like, oh, it's like he had like new things that he wanted to try. And he was like, oh, let's try this because I've never done it before. And you're like, we can do that. You yeah, know, and on, a, and on a commercial, like maybe you don't have that. You know, you're like, yeah, it's a little more locked down. Straight and then the client's like, well, if you pull that light off, it's $300. I don't want to pull it off. Well, on a short film, you're like, fuck it. Let's pull all the lights off. Let's see what happens. You want to use all the lights? Let's do it. Yeah. Like, we had, like, a couple really cool shots in that short that we just got super creative with and, like, made something really fun that I'm like, we probably wouldn't have done this if we had, like, you know, more responsibility. But on a short, it's, like, you know, it's no, not even low stakes. It's, like, no stakes. Yeah. Like, you're like, I just, you know, my my goal is to make it look good. Yeah. And, like, we can do whatever it takes to make it look good. I and love And you can have that. fun doing it. That's amazing. So, for a short, what constitutes, like, less than an hour? Like, what constitutes a short? I think short, I think the un, the unspoken, maybe it's the spoken rules, like I think it's sub 45 minutes Okay, is a short. Yeah. So I mean, the longest one that I've ever done is like right around the 30 minute mark, which I mean, is very long for a short. I mean, yeah. like most shorts I would say are like between five and 10 minutes. But I say 10, you don't give me a watch shorts just for fun yeah. at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10, 15 minutes yeah, and just go max, to bed. But... Yeah, usually don't go over that. But yeah, I mean, I think especially if you're serious about wanting to do long form narrative and you didn't go to film school shorts are like the bomb diggity it's the way to go that's the way to go i mean i i set a goal this year to do more shorts and i mean i'll end the year with six oh, five that's, or six oh, wow shorts and i shot one on 16 which was another goal that i wanted was to shoot something on film and shot a narrative 10 minute narrative film? piece on 16 millimeter oh dude how was that it was amazing it was a very very challenging experience it was in some ways challenging and in some ways easier it was harder and easier than i expected right right in some ways i know the big thing you know if you watch before you're not mm-hmm. but the big thing was that this last season was shot in film i think all the seasons was also all of them were film okay i wasn't quite sure okay i know okay that was but the a big... new one's like 35 millimeter it's, it's very like in... lots of accolades because it's shot on film isn't that insanely expensive it is insanely expensive <clears throat> the interesting thing is that i would say I would my my counterpoint is that most more things are probably shot on film than you think. Mm-hmm. Like you watch commercials on TV all the time; they're shot on film, and that's oh wow, not super rare. I think yeah. I think where there's money and there's the director, or the DP wants that, or production wants that, or whoever people shoot on film. Yeah, yeah, more than you would think. I mean, I I, I would argue that you know still to this day probably 40, 40 of what you watch in movie theaters is shot on film still. Okay. More than you would think. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of my general consensus is like more than you think of Sean film. That's really interesting. But the interesting thing about film is like when you reach, well, first of all, when you reach that level, money doesn't matter. Yep. So it's like if someone wants to do it, they're going to find it. Yeah. yeah HBO is like we're putting however much into every episode. Millions. Director DP <laughs> wants to shoot on film. Maybe HBO wants to shoot on film. Yeah. You know, whoever made the argument, they got it. Whatever. So whatever you want to do. The other thing, though, too, is that sometimes at that budget level, shooting film is the equivalent to shooting on film. Because they're not, Mm. like, shooting on a cheap digital camera. Yeah. Like, half the time, they're like, well, we want to shoot Alexa 65. Yeah. Or they want to shoot on a a digital camera that is rental only and it's very expensive. Some red something. Yeah, Yeah. like, something really expensive to the point where, like, shooting a film camera and paying film and developing is, like, almost equivalent. Oh, gotcha. And usually that, I've I've seen the math on it, and usually the math is is a number, a day number situation. So it's like, oh, well, because we're going to shoot for 30 days, or 60 days, or 90 days, 
it works out versus like if you were shooting a commercial for two days right or something like that but i mean it's always probably a little more expensive if not a lot more expensive but i think at that point it's a creative choice i used to think i wanted to shoot more on film i still love shooting on film but i mean i like shooting digital too digital is obviously way easier but to say yeah you know it's 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 it allows you to like craft a little more i think Unless you're like at that, you know, Yanis Kaminsky level where you're like, all I shoot is film and my brain just understands it's how just, to shoot on it film. It just gets it. And I can look at that light without looking at, you know, my meter and being like, oh, it needs to be brighter, it needs to be darker. Versus like, you know, I'm not obviously not even close to being there. So it's like, for me, it's a lot of like, you know, I feel like when I shoot digital, I have a lot of tweak ability and I can look at it and be like, oh, a little more here, a little more here. Let's add a light. You know, maybe I didn't think I needed that, but I needed it. Versus, like, on film, I have a harder time sometimes, like, wrapping my brain all the way around it. Yeah. And I'm, like, so concerned with, like, exposing correctly and making sure that, like, my ratio is good that I, like, don't necessarily get to look at the image and be like, oh, we need here, here, and here. Gotcha. And I think that's what comes with the experience. I don't think the act of shooting it itself is any harder. I think if you're a, a good DP and you understand how to light, you can shoot on film. Right. You know, all you need is a meter. You know, it's like it's like when you start shooting film stills, you know, and like in the beginning you're really you're really nervous and you're yep. like, Oh, it's saying two eight, but like what if it's a four? And you're like then you get to the point you're shooting up your rolls and you're like, Oh, it is two eight, but maybe I want it to be four. Exactly. You know? And yeah. then once you get there, you're fine. So if you've shot enough digital and you're good at the math and you understand it, you could shoot film without anything. All you need is a meter. You can shoot film. Golly. Yeah. That's insane. I, I thought it was very impressive, but now you explain it, it's just like, yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, it's cool. not as bad as you think. I mean it's still it's still obviously it's it's nerve wracking. You know, yeah. you're shooting, you know, you're rolling and, and it's it's you know, you hear the mag, you hear the as it's running through, you know, yeah. twenty four times a second. And then you cut and you're like, Well, I hope it looks good. I hope it came out well. You know, exactly. Like, you know, it's like shooting stills but like on steroids because you're like shooting, you know, three days and you're like, We shot, you know, on the one that we shot, we shot 1,600 feet of film. Oh my God. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I hope it turned out. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe all this crew just showed up for nothing, you know? Because you're fucked if something happens. Yeah. I mean, you're done. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. So I think that, that's the hard part is like, it's so much more nerve wracking. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. And of course, when I looked at the Euphoria, I found out who DP was, uh, Marcel, something mm-hmm. I forgot, looked at his work, insane. Found yeah. out he's working on actually a lot of projects I've actually enjoyed. Yeah. Had no clue who he Probably was. Probably shot a lot of film too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nowadays, the DPs that are shooting film shoot a lot of film. Yeah. Nobody's like shooting film on the side. <laughs> like you're like committing <laughs> to shooting, shooting a lot of film. film. You know? Yeah. That's really freaking cool. Yeah. Were there any DPs you, you looked up to over the years that you uh, admired? Dude, so many. Um, I mean, they're, you know, now we're, we're entering, I, I mean, for a long time, I didn't know what a DP was, you know, right, like, fair. you know, starting it out, you're like, I just like movies. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, somebody shoots these movies and it's not the director. You know, it's always my joke is everyone thinks Steven Spielberg shoots movies. Like, Steven Spielberg doesn't shoot movies. <laughs> he's, you know? not, he's sitting down. He's sitting down. Directing telling, people. Telling Janos what to do, but, you know, collaborating and, and that's a whole experience, but. I mean, so many. I mean, Yanis Kaminsky, who I keep talking about, is, yeah. you know, Steven Spielberg's current DP. Yeah, huge, huge influence. Shoots only film. Incredible DP. Wow. You know, and then the laundry list of, of the, you know, the the stereotypical, I guess, like, 
you know, you know, the Roger Deacons and like all the people that everyone look up, looks up to. But, you know, even now the new, the new school, like the Rena Yangs and, and all the people okay. that are kind of coming up through commercials now entering into their feature years. Oh yeah. Has been amazing to watch, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of DPs. I think in the beginning you, you, you kind of are looking at people that are just talented and you're like, wow, these people are just good at what they do. And yeah. then you start honing in on like the DPs that are shooting the kind of projects that you want to shoot. And they're shooting them the way that you want to shoot them. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's like what makes now makes me love DPs more. Like I'll listen to, to podcasts, you know, I'll listen to the Roger Deakins podcast and he'll interview a DP. And I'm like, I mean, I just like love the way that that DP talks about shooting movies. Yeah. Because like, you know, especially now, like wanting to really, you know, commit to being a feature DP in my, you know career you're gonna spend you know 90 days working on this movie the 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 sport of filmmaking and, and spending 90 days making something is much more than how it looks yeah like that's the, that's always the dichotomy for me is that for commercials it's all about camera people just want it to look good yeah, and, of course. and as a dp it's it's like it's alluring because you're like man i am the most important person here because I'm the one that's going to make it look cool. Mm -hmm. And if I want more money for nicer lenses, they'll probably say yes because it's going to look cool. Yep. And everything is about the look. When you go work on a movie, nothing is about it. Like everything is about everybody. And Ooh. like you need the actors and you need you need everything to come together. To work together, yeah. And you're still important, obviously. I mean, you're you're still the visual piece, but like, you know, on commercials, you shoot so many commercials with no sound. On a on a movie, there's sounds a huge part. You can't do it without sound. Yeah. You know, you need you need like if there's a huge fight scene and there's lines in the middle, that's a huge conversation about how are we going to make that so it still sounds really good and we're not having to do ADR stuff. And like, you know, that's, it's, it's just like so much more of like a team sport. Whereas like, I feel like on commercials, especially because the people that tend to do commercials are just, you know, people that are just doing features and they're coming into commercials and everybody's like, oh, it's just a two or three day thing here, two or three day thing here, two or three day thing here. Which is maybe how I think about it because that's not necessarily what I want to do is just commercials, but it's a different experience. And I, I think that's what I enjoy about the the aspect of wanting to shoot movies is that it's like so much more than just the way it looks. Yeah. So I think that's my thing now is like, you know, I hear DPs talk and I'm like, man, I just love the way they approach it. And I love the way they talk about, you know, especially like obviously me being an incredibly laid back person on set and offset i love the dps that take it like that right and they're like yeah i'm just like here you know i'm gonna like put a, <laughs> put a couple lights up and Chilling. like you know you'll, they'll be like oh how'd you pull that off and they're like that ah, just looks good and then like you know half the time people are like oh man that lighting is incredible and and they'll ask the dp and he's like no it's just the sun man like just right time right place just open light. that window up and 30 seconds later, we're done. It's a great shot, huh? Oh. And you're like, and I'm like, man, that's the kind of DP that I want to be. Like, I just yeah. want to, like, capture something, you know, create something, have fun doing it, and, like, enjoy my my teammates and my crew that I'm working with, and then, like, that's it. Like, I don't want to be, like, you know, like, you know, there's so many stories about DPs that are just, they're incredible, but they're, like, straight cuckoo-cuchoo-choo, man. Like, they're crazy, and they scream at everyone, and I'm yeah, like, I don't want to do that. Like, and I, I, I tell people all the time, the only person you have to sleep with every night is yourself. And it's like, I want to make art that I had fun doing and people like me because of it. I yeah. don't want to just spend all this time making something incredible and then be like, man, I'm disliked and I don't like the person that I am, but I'm making this amazing image at the end. Right. Like that's at that point. It's, it's it does not work. It's fucking anything. awful. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. So I guess you go into it the same mindset if you're working for like an Apple or a short film. You kind of sure. go with the same same like, mindset. Okay, that's 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 hard to do for me, but that mm-hmm. is very impressive that you can. I, if I think got anything from Apple, I'll be like, oh my god, I don't. I need this to be perfect. I'm incredibly good under pressure. Right. I think I'm actually better under pressure than if I'm not under pressure. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, like if there's a deadline involved, if there's pressure involved, if there's like a need that I need to fulfill, I'm much better working under those conditions. Because I never really get very stressed out. I mean, I I think when I shot the Apple job, uh, you know, and to be fair too, a lot of these jobs are very fast. It's like you get hired one day, two days later you're on a call, three days later you're shooting. Oh my god! So it's like commercial life is very fast. So sometimes you're like, oh, I'm shooting this thing, and then you're like, oh, I'm I am right now shooting it, and then two days later you're like, and it's done now, and I didn't even have time to process it. But yeah, that was a fun one. I mean, that was a very challenging project for me. I mean, it's just a lot of hard deadlines, uh, working inside. I mean, that was a three. It was basically three projects happening at the same time, with three different DPS. You know, all shooting simultaneously. I mean, I think between the three teams, we had it's like 16 cameras. God. 16, 17 cameras Jesus. that weren't working together, but we had to work around each other. So it's like, I also didn't get to really have any of my crew that I normally have. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like a learning curve to try and like get everybody up to speed with how I like to do things. The commercial basically had to shoot everything in like a two hours time span like we only had the two artist hours? for like two hours so i had to Ugh. basically pre-light and pre-rig three spaces that the artist could just come into simultaneously yeah and then settle into a three camera interview and then come off of that three camera interview back onto steady cam to do a four camera b-roll stuff like section at the end of that so we start and end with b-roll and then talking stuff all throughout right um so i mean it's very challenging like you know, mind meld of like, how do we pull this off in this time, make it look good, not slow the artist down, but also get everything that needs to be gotten. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a very interesting one, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I think it, it dawned on me like later, you yeah. know, like, you know, a couple of days later, I was like, man, that was a big project. Like, that was, that was cool. kind of huge. <laughs> yeah. But I think they, it's kind of what I was saying earlier about the moving goalposts. I feel like they all feel huge. Yeah. Like, you're like, man, because, you know, sometimes it's the brand, sometimes it's the project, sometimes it's the director, you know, there's things to get excited about each time, like, you know, so it's like, sometimes I'm like, man, that wasn't a big brand, but it looked amazing. Yeah. And I'm stoked because I think it's like the best thing I've ever shot. I love that. And then, you know, like a month later, you're like, wow, I'm working with this big director that I look up to. Maybe this is the best thing I've ever shot. Exactly. You know, and then sometimes like you get flown out and you're like, man, I'm flying to New York to work for IBM. That feels like a big job. It feels But sick. maybe it's not a big job. You know, and like in a month, it probably won't feel like a big job. And right. they're all just kind of like little, you know, microcosms of experiences and things that you enjoy. But yeah, I try to treat everything as similar. But I'd say that's possible. the number one thing is to treat every project as gold. And then it's like, okay, yeah, yeah there's, it's whatever. I remember, I don't, I hate that I don't remember who gave me this advice, but someone early on gave me the advice that. You should always find one thing to be proud of or excited about on every project. Yeah. Because it's easy to be like, man, this project sucks and I don't have my crew that I like working with and the client is dumb and they're asking me for things that I don't want to do. And it's easy to get wrapped up in that that kind of world or you're like, it's raining and it's all exteriors. How am I going to pull this off? Or, you know, like there's always going to be challenges and things that get in your way. As long as I just always try to find one thing. 
Like, it's just one thing. That you're proud of. And it's, like, one shot, maybe, or it's, like, one lighting setup. But I'm like, man, that was really good. That's and, cool. like, you know, like, I've had a couple jobs I've done that I had to shoot them in the rain. And I was planning on it being a bright, sunny day. And it rained all day. Yeah. And I had to light it in the rain, put lights outside, make it look like it was sunny. And, like, I remember that I've had to do that, like, three times this year. And every time, the first time, it was a huge bummer. I was like, man, I was, like, really leaning on it being a bright, sunny day. And it's, like gorgeous the day before gorgeous the day after the day we shoot it's like gross pouring rain first time i did i got super bummed about it then i had to do it again and like the last time i did it it was my favorite shot of the day no way i'm like man it looks like this beautiful morning sun like freaking fulgers out out here and like it's pouring rain outside nobody knows and i'm like but that's my one thing i'm like man i was like i learned it did it and now it's like coming to fruition but it's like wow you always gotta find one thing and sometimes that's like getting to work with someone that you look up to or you like maybe it's like a cool camera that you're getting to use like you can always find one thing to be like stoked on yeah. and be like oh this is sick like this is I like this this is good I wanna keep that in mind but yeah that's... I think that's that's a good I don't remember who told me that someone I, I I feel like I talked to a lot of people when I was starting out and I still do about how to be better as a dp and as a leader and as a human as an artist and i've had so many like amazing pieces of advice that have been given to me and that was one that someone gave me and i was like man that's like great advice i'm gonna stick with that holy moly yeah that's that's actually i want to keep that in mind for my future shoots that's That's insane yeah have you ever had it to where you get something in post or someone's editing and you need to reshoot something has that ever happened never okay i don't see how that would be logistics that would probably be impossible Oh, it gets done. Oh, it does uh, it happen? Yeah, it does okay. happen, but it's never happened to me. I've never had that bad of a, a, a problem. Okay. I'm usually pretty good about... I'm very adamant about... I think there there is a point, at least for me, I was going to say for everyone, but maybe not for everyone, but for me, where I used to care too much, and I would go into shoots just wanting to like die on every hill. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm going to go bat for every shot. And then I hit a point where I was like, that's not sustainable. And I'm not the end-all be-all of knowing what the client needs or what the director wants. So my goal is just execution. Like, I'm like, if that's the shot you want, I'm going to make it look as good as it humanly can be. Absolutely. Even if it's maybe not the shot that I want. Yeah. And I'll fight for it and be like, I don't think that's the strongest shot. I think we should do this instead. And, you know, 50% of the time, they'll be like, you know what? You're right. Let's do it your way. The other 50% of the time, they're going to be like, nope, you're wrong. I want it this way. And your job is to say, whatever your idea is, I'm going to make it look as good as I possibly can. I think especially as a DP. Yeah. Like you are the paintbrush to the director and he's just going to, he or she's going to use you to make it look as good as you can. And it's your job to execute for them. And I think in the beginning, you know, you're like, I want to die on every hill. And then eventually you're like, I don't really want to die on every hill. I kind of just want to come in and, and execute and do a great job. And I think that's, you know, one of the beauties of it is like once you get into that mindset you find out well one of the things you find out you're wrong a lot more of the time because there's a lot of the times where i'm like fighting for something i lose and then i do their idea and i'm like damn that looks really good that's a really good idea he's like i should have listened to you earlier he was like yeah you should have yeah so i mean it's one of those things where and it goes both ways you know sometimes you do that and they're like i don't like your idea and you're like just let me try it and then you try it and they're like damn that looks really good and you're like yeah it does i told you yeah, so I think it goes both ways. I mean, that's it's it's the nature of the beast, I guess, in being creative. Absolutely. So the big thing I have for you, which is, I don't know how you do this, but balancing 
life and work and you know doing things mm-hmm. you want to do outside of the the industry like mm-hmm. how do you give yourself vacation time like because jobs come out of nowhere right they come out of nowhere and you know the joke we always say is if you want to work you should just take a vacation because the second you book your flight you'll get called oh my god <laughs> it's not always true but it's been true for me sometimes but I'm not great at it. I think nobody's great at it. Yeah. I think everyone's like, especially as people that are creative, you're already fighting, you know, making money for your art, but also not burning yourself out. And so you're fighting that battle. And then you're fighting the battle of like being a normal human being, but like you don't have a schedule. So it's like working days that you don't want to work or not working when you don't want to work. And you're like, yeah. maybe I just need a day. And you're, so you're fighting all these, these like, you know, very drastic points on the scale but i'm not great at it i mean i'm getting better at it i think you know two years ago my first year in charlotte so i guess that would have been oh man was it 2021 it's 2021 just kidding this is the second year 2021 last year i was awful and i i moved here and i was like every job i get called for i'm gonna gonna, gonna do it yeah and then i hit a point and I was very unhappy and I was very burnt out. Yeah. And I was like, man, this sucks. I'm not being creative anymore. And I took a month off. Took a whole month off. Went scuba diving for two weeks. Went to Iceland for two weeks. Took a month off. Great. Set me right. Came back. It's good. This year, did the same exact thing. So, almost the same time of year. This time it was like August. I was on a job and I was just being foul. Like, I was just in the worst mood for no reason. And I was like, oh, I know why. It's because I've been working for 12 weeks straight. Yeah, dude. I have no breaks. All I do is travel for work. I'm never getting to enjoy myself. That's why I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. So I took a month off. A little bit less this time. I took like three weeks off. Um, but so, I mean, literally my goal for next year is don't get to that point. Yes. Like, I'm like, before I get burnt out, I want to take a week off. I want to take two weeks off. And I think being surrounding yourself with people that love you, whether that's like platonically or romantically that want to like spend time with you and be like, hey, you know, especially people that don't do what we do, because it's so easy. We all do what we do and you're only around these people. But being around people that are like normal and they're like, hey, we should like have a, you know, like a get together this weekend. And you're like, whoa, that's yeah, I love to like that's so great. And like it'll get me out of my head for a while. And I think having good friends that will do that for you or having a partner that will do that for you is, I mean, yeah, having a partner that will like sit you down and like set you straight is great. You're like, what you need. I need that. Yeah. Thank you for like yelling at me a little bit and telling me to chill out. I need to chill out. That's great. <laughs> so I think that's literally my goal going forward right now is like, don't get to August, September and burn out. And be like I'm like, out. I want to do, you know, a July, a Jan- like July through like april may and then take a break and be like hey i did like you know a third of the year and like now i'm gonna chill out and i'm gonna take a break and like reset myself because i mean being burnt out i think for me especially i've gotten burnt out multiple times and people always like try and find a cure i don't like i just stop like i'm like like, i just camera down done yeah i just cut it i'm like unless it's like an amazing job that i need to take i'm like i won't take it and I'm going to read books and I'm going to watch movies. I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to like go to art museums and immerse myself in art and not focus on making art. And it will come. Yeah. And it does every time every you leave, time. you stop doing it for like three weeks, a month. And then it comes back and you're like, oh man, I remember how to be an artist this and be creative. You're like, this it's is not great. bad. Yeah. It's like fresh air. Yeah. And you're like, oh, now I want, and then you get, you get hit with like the yearning and you're like, now I want to create Yeah. instead of you being like, oh, fuck, 
I gotta take that job. Gotta take this like, job. Yeah, I'm like, God, that's such a good payday. I gotta do it. You're like, man, I really want to shoot that thing. And I think that's the interesting thing too is like, you know, you're not burnt out when you're trying to make bad jobs better than they should be. Right. You know, and you've got you've got people looking at you. You're like, man, that looks way better than it should. And you're like, I know it does. And that's when you're like, cool, I'm like working. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not because you know, so it's so easy to just clock in, clock out. You're like, I don't want to be here. I'm just getting paid. You know, you know, yeah. Richard Sherman. I'm just here to get. I don't get fined. You know, you're. That's you're like, it. You're here. You know, you're like, I'm just here, so I don't get fined. And you'll you'll hit that point. Everybody hits that point. Oh my god! You get that one shoot that you took two weeks ago that you don't want to do anymore, and you're like, fuck it, I'm just here, so I don't get fined. And that's an awful place to be. And you gotta be there, but you don't want to be there for too long. And mm. I think that's the the value in like finding things you like and finding hobbies and things you enjoy. I mean, for me, it's like cooking's a huge huge outlet for me and i'll like i'll make a weekend out of it you know i'm like if i don't have anything to do and i don't you know i'm like oh let's have a dinner party let's hang out with my friends i'll cook for myself like you know like i mean there's that one really complicated seven hour beef bourguignon recipe i really wanted to do and you know what i'm gonna do this weekend i'm gonna go get it and i'm gonna do it Damn and like that kind of stuff is good you know for me it's running too i'm a huge runner are you yeah i'm a huge runner i run i try to run a lot as much as I can especially if I'm home because I know if I travel I'm I've kind of matured out of taking running shoes with me I used to be stupid and I would fly with running shoes because I was like I'm gonna I wanna I'm run gonna, I'm gonna get my run and I'm like I'm gonna run in New York when I go and then you know you don't you're so, too tired you're too tired or you're like I don't want to spend an hour running I want to spend time walking here, around walking around New York doing what I want to be doing yeah so I've, I've matured past taking running shoes on trips with me, but I, when I'm home, I run a lot and yeah. you know, I try and trail run. I also know that you're big into yoga, which has been, has been a new, a new thing for me. Yeah. So I had one of my best friends get me into yoga this year and that was incredible. Yes. It's been, it's been like a really nice compliment to my life. I think in terms of just like busy stuff being the main proponent. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing I always like my biggest advice for freelancers and people that work from home is like setting some sort of a routine so you don't feel so unanchored. Yes. And like for me, running is a huge part of that. Like usually every afternoon, I'm either a morning runner or an afternoon runner and I run. And like if I can and I don't have like a meeting or I don't have anything going on, I go for a run. No, not that. And you know, that's a huge thing. It's like if I'm home, I'm running. Like first day I'm home, it, like you run. Know, run. That's like always like the best way to get into things. But yoga has been like a nice addition to that. Like usually I'll run and then go do yoga right afterwards. Yes. And that's like, I'll get a couple miles in, go do yoga, chill out. And like, I've found that I crave it. Like if I haven't had it, you know, like I, right now I haven't, like I tried to, we tried to do yoga in Tucson and just like, it did not have enough free time on the weekends when we weren't working. But like. I haven't done yoga in like five, six weeks, and I'm like, I need to go this week. Oh my god! Because it's like, I can just feel my body being like, yeah, you need to like lay down and like, yeah, like stretch, stretch, get it out. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, so I love doing like cla like yoga classes and stuff. That's been like amazing. But yeah, just like finding little things like that. Whether that's, you know, that's another amazing piece of advice that a DP that I'm friends with gave me is, he always, kind of, it's more about necessarily like not losing your love for the craft but he always was like you should always have movies that like remind you of why you do it oh shit. and so he's like if you're ever feeling burnt out if you're feeling tired if you're feeling like you know you, you don't really want to be doing this anymore or you're, you're feeling like a loss of passion have you know two three movies that you're like i can watch those and be like that's why i started doing this and like remind you of that 
And I think that goes for hobbies too, you know, reminds you of like the simple things that you love in life. Like for me, it's like downtime at home, like whatever mm-hmm. that is, whether that's like, you know, like my perfect day when I'm not working and when I've been traveling is like cooking, watching movies, running and like doing yoga. Like dude. if I can do all those things in like one day, that's like my perfect Saturday. Oh, dude. It's like yeah. wake up, make brunch, have a mimosa. You know, like enjoy some time with some friends, go for a run, do a little yoga, watch a movie, early dinner. Like if I can have all those things, it's just like a grounding thing where I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like doing things that aren't necessarily about work and I'm just like enjoying existing. And I think that's huge because I think it's so, it's like, I mean, this industry, film especially, but I think creatives in general is like rampant with like overwork no oh, god out. like everyone's tired everyone's burnt out yeah you're always convincing yourself that you need to take that job because of this one reason that you didn't maybe need but like i took it because of oh i want to do this project with this one person it's like it's okay to say no to projects it's okay to take vacations it's okay to take breaks you know and especially like as creatives like especially like film and photography it's like you know many of us thankfully are blessed enough making good enough money where it's like you don't have to work every day you really don't you know you get to a point where you're like doing well and you're like maybe i say no to that shoot yeah maybe it's actually better if i say no to that shoot Free mental you health. know if i say no to that shoot will that make my next shoot better is that more positive to have my next shoot be better yeah because i said no to this one and i went for a run instead you know i've had jobs because <laughs> yeah. you know film especially is very last minute and I've had jobs where people, you know, it's whatever, 4 o'clock now. I've, I've had jobs that'll hit me up. They're like, hey, it's 4 o'clock now. I'm going to job 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Are you available? And I used to always say yes because I was like, yes, quick money. making Like, I can make money tomorrow. I didn't think I was going to make money. Yeah. Now, I almost always say no. It's like, no. Nah. I, I have something tomorrow, half the time. You know, the one, two times that I have nothing planned and I'm like, cool, I got nothing tomorrow. But, I mean, dude, I'll say no for, like, stupid stuff. I'm like, I'm getting lunch with a friend of mine I haven't seen in two months. <laughs> I'll say no to a job for that. <laughs> well, fuck yeah, I would too. Like, yeah, you know? I'm good. No, I'm good. I don't need that. Yeah. You know? And, like, being able to say no and, like, have that is great. Yeah. I think that's... And that's not necessarily, like, I don't think you should be saying no to jobs if you're, like, I need to pay rent. You need to pay, yeah. And, you know, like, that's a different place. But, like, once you're at a point in your career where you're comfortable and you're making money you don't need things like you're like yeah i can i can say no to i can say no well. i'm yeah, in demand i can take the next one it's healthy to say no yeah a hundred and ten thousand percent yeah friend. absolutely oh man so lastly i want to know because you want to get into the long feature films mm-hmm. so i want to know your route do you have one do you have an idea of how you want to execute that nope just keep working keep working i think that's yeah. you know from what i have learned you know i a lot of dps talk about rolodexes and and i think that's that's everything for yeah. a DP. You know, you want to build a Rolodex. You want to be able to look at a window, the couch in front of it, and be like, I have shot a couch with a window in front of it 100 times. And I can light it 17 different ways, and they'll all look different. And some will look sad. Some will look happy. Some will be ready for love. Some will be ready for heartbreak. And you want to know that just by looking at it. Oh, wow. And I think that's that's where you see, like, really good, you know, art being you know, created and features is like they're they're lighting and they're shooting things that are evoking emotion without you even understanding that as mm. an audience member. Like you're like, man, that that feels the way it's supposed to feel. And yeah, it looks cool and it's technically challenging and they're doing cool things to make it look that way, but there's so much more there. And that all comes from experience. And I think that's, you know, that's why, you know, initially I was like, man, why is it that all feature DPs are like in their forties? Yeah. 
or they're, you know, first features, like, they're not until it's, like, 38, you know, oh, 35. Wow. And the good ones, you know, are, like, in their 50s. And then, obviously, you know, I kept doing it. I was like, oh, it's because they just have so much more experience. so much experience. And it makes sense, you know. They, it makes sense that they've learned a lot of this over, you know, X amount of time. And that's why. And I think that's, you know, I'm at that place now where I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'd say yes if someone asked me to shoot a feature tomorrow. You know, if I was in the right mindset and I thought I could achieve it, I might say yes. But, you know, to an extent right now, it's like, I love commercials. They're fun. They're, you know, two little three-day adventures, week-long adventures at times. I like doing that. Yeah. You know, I like traveling. I like doing, you know, different things. I like shooting the occasional doc project. And, you know, I, I like honing my skills doing narrative stuff by, you know, shooting shorts. Or like, you know, the feature I just worked on as a camera operator, as a B camera operator. It's a great experience. It's yeah. like being, it's all the, the best parts of being on set, but with none, uh, not a lot of the responsibilities of being a DP. And getting to sit back and watch a DP work is amazing. Because I never got that. I never got to watch other people do my job. And being in a position where I can watch someone who I admire and who's incredibly talented do something they're good at. And be like, oh, I see how you're doing it. You know, I'm taking that home with me. I'm taking those like little tidbits back with me. I think it's amazing. So I think like, you know, I'm just in a, in a process of like gathering. Like I'm like, I'm just taking all of the things that I want and then like all the knowledge I can get and like putting it all together. Yeah. And like eventually, you know, 20, 30 years from now, I'll, I'll be shooting the kind of movies I want to be shooting exactly. and it'll all be because of all the things I learned in the 20 years before. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. It goes deep, man. That's so cool. This is, Long -term, this is insane. Dude. So when I see your name on the, those in credits in the yeah. movie theater, we're like, I talked to that guy 10 years dude, ago. I hope so. I hope so, man. I yeah, love it's, that. A, it's a long game, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's about relinquishing a little bit of the control, you know, and just being like, yeah, I'm just going to trust that I'm going to keep having fun, keep shooting projects I like, and then eventually it'll all work out. It'll make sense. It'll make sense. Man, Alexander, it's so it's such a pleasure. Thank this you. This is so cool. Dude, thank you for having me. Of course. So can like anyone just hire you? Like if someone needs like a music video done, can the sure? Okay, you're open to yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mostly a lot of the work comes from directors. That's what I was wondering if it yeah, just came from directors. It's a mixture of stuff. I mean, sometimes it's you know directors, sometimes it's producers, sometimes it's production companies, sometimes it's like you know artists or people that okay. like really want to work with me they'll like put me they're like hey we already have a director but like i'm gonna put you in because that's you know you're the person we want to shoot yeah, they'll it. piece together people and they'll kind of piece together people yeah. if that's what they want but yeah i mean mostly you know yeah it's okay. a mixture of stuff yeah that's good shit dude thanks dude. dude yeah i learned a lot man this is cool yeah i've always obviously been on set with you and griffin hart davis a couple times i know dps and cinematographers mm -hmm. but never sat down where they have like an in-depth yeah. conversation of how that world works so this is definitely awesome for me <laughs> I'm glad, man. yes and now hopefully we're, we're together one more time you I know again to. you know what i'm saying yeah, Not yeah. one more time again again i would love yes, that that would be amazing but yes please hit up alexander's site insane work beautiful work Thank i looked you. at most of your videos over the last week and uh you're a magician to me so <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. but yes catch you in this episode thank you so much again and we're out of here the free pizza podcast we are on spotify itunes soundcloud just go on the google app store go on everywhere check us out on instagram facebook myspace live journal twitter we tweet we'll do smokes niggles whatever y'all need thank y'all so much have a good night